This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. From North State Public Radio in Northern California, I'm your host, Jennifer Jewell. One of the plants I remember knowing and loving as a child was a scented leaf pelargonium. As little girls, my sisters and I were privileged to attend fancy grown-up dinner parties at the home of a great aunt and uncle who lived outside of Philadelphia. Featured at such dinners were finger bowls, in which were floated these lovely scented leaves. Rubbing the leaves between our fingers, we were delighted by the lemon or rose fragrance that perfumed our fingers from the soft, sometimes fuzzy, textural foliage. The many varieties, forms, and fragrances of scented leaf pelargoniums are just some of the members of this genus. And this genus is just one of the genera in the amazingly diverse and lovely geranium family of plants. If you have a question about plants in this family, your best bet is to turn to Robin Pearer, affectionately known in gardening and horticultural circles as the geranium lady. Robin is founder of the specialty nursery Geraniaceae and is the author of The Plant Lover's Guide to Hardy Geraniums, out now from Timber Press. I'm really pleased to welcome her today. Hi, Robin. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm delighted to be talking to you. Now, I did have the wonderful opportunity of having you uh, as a guest on an earlier program um, in a North State garden, and I wanted to revisit just a little bit of background on your history and at what point in your life you knew that plants in general and geraniums and pelargoniums in particular were going to be a big part of your life. Well, I started growing plants at the age of nine with a packet of mixed seed, which were primarily California poppies and clarkia, and I was just entranced by the fact that things come up, came up and flowered, and uh, I think I've been growing plants ever since, and I started collecting plants, uh, particularly pelargoniums, in the 1960s, and uh, eventually got so many that I could hardly cope with them. I'd been living in a partner, student housing, actually. And um, when I moved to a house, I started the garden furiously, and I just fell in love with the pelargoniums, and then I really fell in love with the hardy geraniums. So that leads nicely into a discussion. Can you explain for listeners who may not be familiar, give us the the sort of general characteristics of the Geraniaceae family and then the differentiation between what we know as geraniums in many cases but are actually pelargoniums and what we mean by the hardy geraniums. Well, the family is divided up into four groups and the ones that gardeners generally are most interested in are the geraniums and the pelargoniums. Uh, there are erodiums, which rock garden people genuinely like, and also another little group of monsonias, which hardly anyone grows. But the geraniums and pelargoniums are plants that everyone should have at least one of in their garden. And the ger- hardy geraniums are plants all, that, that are found in every country of the world except Antarctica. So it doesn't matter where you are, you're in Northern California or Southern California, 
you're likely to find a hardy geranium. If you're up in the mountains in California, you certainly will find hardy geraniums. Uh, they are plants primarily that are herbaceous perennials, which means that they have a, a perennial crown and roots, and then very often annual leaves and flowering stems. This is really nice for them because it means that they can go to sleep in the winter when the weather's cold and wake up in the spring when the weather improves and then grow right through the, the, the season until winter comes again. And what about the plants often referred to as geraniums, but which in fact are pelargoniums, which I always think of as big, blousy, colorful potted plants? Uh, pelargoniums are little sub-shrubs, which means that they're little woody plants and they don't go to sleep. They stay up all year long and um, they're plants that have caught the imagination of gardeners for at least the last 300 years. Uh, They come primarily from southern Africa and uh, the flowers are very bright and colorful and due to a mistake that was made over 200 years ago, they're called geraniums. Um, and it happened because um, the plants were brought from Europe, uh, from, uh, sorry, South Africa to Europe. Um, and uh, the Europeans already knew about uh, hardy geraniums because they were out in the, in, the, in the forests and the fields and so forth. And um, Linnaeus the great father of, of, um, of uh, the naming of plants, looked at them both and decided that they were similar enough to be called geraniums. <laughs> and it wasn't until the, um, the end of the 18th century that um, a Frenchman uh, decided to separate them. So uh, gardeners, however, uh, just went right on calling them geraniums. And so today, um, when I say hardy geranium, I mean the herbaceous perennial. When gardeners say hardy, uh, when gardeners say geraniums, they mean the pelargoniums. And Very so, confusing, and um, nobody's about to change. And it's probably the botanist's despair. But but um, you know, gardeners have their own minds about these things. Yes, we do. So the um, the hardy geraniums are the wildflowers. We would they're, see they're the wildflowers. Yeah, yes. and then. Um, the pelargoniums are, and, and it's funny because they are, of course, a, a sub-shrub with a woody structure, but for most of us, we grow them actually as annuals because they, they can't winter over or we winter them over inside to protect them. That's correct. They're very frost sensitive, usually below about 30, 28 degrees. Um, you get leaf damage and then death very quickly after that. The wonderful thing for me was um, growing up as a girl, I was introduced, or I'm sure I was introduced to different kinds of pelargoniums and geraniums prior to this, and in wildflower fields all over Colorado. But it was the scented geraniums that I first um, remember sort of absorbing as that is a plant I love. And for the, the scented foliage and um, the versatility in the garden for my mother, um, and they maybe seem a little bit more hardy here where I am in Northern California. I think that's true. I think that, that if you're growing um, the scented leaf group, and I'm going to call them pelargoniums because, you know, I, I try to, <laughs> to, to give them their, their right name. But uh, if you're growing them 
um, they they seem of all of them to be the most uh, able to resist cold. And some of them, are, are, even if they die down at the top, they'll come back from the roots. Uh, not always, but, but sometimes. So we have quite a few of the native hardy geraniums, which some people also call true geraniums or cranesbill geraniums here right. in California. Where did you come from originally? Did you have native wildflower true geraniums? We did, but I came to live in the United States when I was a very young woman. And at that stage, um, it, I come from Australia, uh, nobody grew the native plants from Australia. And uh, so people grew all the English wildflowers or, or English flowers in their garden. So when I came here um, and when I got interested in the geraniums, the hardy geraniums, uh, I was delighted to find that we've got uh, three um, hardy geraniums that grow here, um, geranium californicum, which comes from the southern Sierras up in the mountains. They're mainly mountainous plants. Uh, then we have a geranium richardsonii, which grows in the central part of the, um, the Sierras. And then up in the north, we've got um, geranium oreganum, which grows in the Siskiyous. Uh, and all of they're charming wildflowers, and I don't know why people don't have them in their gardens. They're, they're they're really pretty, and they're easy to grow, and they're adapted to our climate, which is very important these days. And I think that they have become far more available in the trade. Some of the native ones um, would it have been Richardsonii, or would it have been Viscosissimum that I would have seen in the Warner Mountains? You would have seen Viscosissimum. Which I remember being just beautiful and their their little faces, which are, um, as opposed to the Pelargoniums, are very symmetrical and um, aren't huge and showy, but they're very bright against their green foliage. And the, the Viscosissimum, I believe, was the white one with some pink veining. Right. And they, they also, it also comes in pink as well. They were fantastic pollinator plants. They were just covered in the native bees. And to see the little bees and flies sort of going all the way around underneath their um, stamens, it was like they were riding on a little carousel. It's a charming picture, isn't it? it they're just, uh, they're, they're lovely plants. I, I, when I was younger, I bicycled across the United States and I remember going over endless 8,000 to 10,000 foot passes in the Rockies. And every time I'd get to the top of a pass, panting away, I'd fall to my knees because there would be a geranium and I'd have an opportunity for, for, <laughs> for an excuse for getting off the bicycle and, and looking at these marvelous plants. And uh, there's quite a lot of variation in, in the color and the size of, uh, size of the flower. I mean, the they're wildflowers after all, and uh, and they are variable, but uh, but they're uh, they're really lovely, and and the same could be said for geranium californicum. I've seen very very pretty clumps of that. And one of the great things about growing them in a garden, and this is I think true of of the whole family, is that they are very very pest and disease resistant. So we just don't have a lot of trouble with them. No, no, it's true. Hardy geraniums are wonderful plants for the garden because they're they're so disease resistant, and um, they, they most of them become dormant in the in the winter, and so they come back in the spring. And if you're growing them, 
you can cut them back either in the fall if you're in a mild area or if you're in a very cold area in the spring, cut the leaves back down probably just to a few, um, an inch or so above the crown, and uh, they totally renew each year, and uh, they just the clump sizes get bigger and bigger, and they look more and more beautiful uh, the longer you grow them. And so what inspired you to eventually open a geranium family-only nursery? <laughs> I, was, uh, I went to England in 1982, and I met... Um, Dr. Peter Yeo, who was the taxonomist at the Cambridge University in, uh, in England. And he was writing a monograph on the family. Uh, they, nothing had been written that was definitive uh, since the, uh, the first decade of the 20th century. And he was such a marvelous man. He was very knowledgeable and, and extremely generous and kind. And uh, I used to take a bus over from Oxford where I was living at the time, and go to Cambridge. And I would wander around the systematic beds, and then if I had questions, I could um, go and talk to Dr. Yeo. And I could, they let me go into the herbarium and look at all the, the great collections that had been made by the great plant explorers who had, who had collected the hardy geraniums. So it was a wonderful experience. And I realized that uh, when I came back that no one was really selling the plants. Um, geranium sanguinium uh, has appeared in gardens in San Francisco since the 1880s, but uh, and also geranium ibericum. But uh, nobody knew the, the wonderful varieties that were available in Europe. So I opened the nursery with 35 uh, different plants, uh, which was very foolhardy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was it was uh, it was a sort of a, a jump in the dark. And when I was able, very fortunately, to visit your different greenhouses and your home garden, you have far more than that number of plants now. How many different species um, or distinct plants do you carry in the mail-order nursery now? I feel really embarrassed to say this. It sounds like I'm totally out of control, and I think I probably <laughs> am. We're, we have over a 1,000 taxa in, in the geranium family. Individual different plants. Right. And they. one of the great things also is that range, which you, you alluded to earlier, but some of them are tiny, tiny little rock garden plants, and then there are these big, blousy, spreading, um, you know, wildflowers that will sort of eat up part of your border if you let them. Indeed. I mean, it's like a large family. There are well-behaved ones, and then there are plants that are totally out of control. And uh, in writing... My book, uh, I've just, uh, I've tried to tell people what's good and what needs to be carefully cited and what needs to be in, avoided entirely. Because some of them can be a little bit weedy. Some of the geraniums are frightening. The geranium uh, robertianum is, is really not a plant you'd want to cultivate in your garden because it seeds so readily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet there's one form of it, uh, geranium robertianum Celtic white, which is quite well behaved. It just doesn't seed around as much as the others. And one of the things I want to mention about the, uh, the work that you do is not only does your mail-order nursery uh, provide a resource for people to purchase these plants, but in many cases you are actually by cultivating these plants yourself and 
offering them to the public, you are conserving plants that are under a lot of pressure or at risk of of becoming extinct completely. I, I find this to be the most satisfying part of my work because, you know, so many nurseries, large commercial nurseries, can only offer a certain number of plants. And they buy their plants mainly from large commercial companies. Um, there are relatively few nurseries now that, that grow their own plants. Um, it's less and less in California. And I actually, I think I'm one of a few, very few small nurseries that offers a big range of, of geraniums uh, and pelagoniums. Uh, I, I feel very strongly about endangered, endangered plants and the fact that if we don't grow them, uh, they will totally disappear. And so I've tried to associate myself with uh, groups like the Regal Preservation Project down in San Diego, uh, a group of people who are growing the old kinds of heirloom Martha Washingtons or Regals and preserving them. Some of them are from the 19th century, and it's just amazing that they still can be found in gardens. We're speaking with Robin Perer, owner of the specialty mail order nursery geraniaceae.com out of Marin County. We've been talking about her inspiration and love of all plants in the geranium family and some of her early influences. After the break, we'll hear more about her new book, The Plant Lover's Guide to Hardy Geraniums. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, I'm Jennifer Jewell, and this is Cultivating Place. Today we're talking about one specific plant family, the geranium plant family, and we're speaking with Robin Pear, owner of the specialty mail-order nursery geraniaceae.com. She's based in Marin County and speaks to us from her nurseries there. Before the break, we talked about what the family consists of as a group, and now we'll talk a little more detailed about the plants and about Robin's new book, The Plant Lover's Guide to Hardy Geraniums, just out from Timber Press this spring. Welcome back. Robin, speaking of labors of love, let's talk a little bit about the new book, The Plant Lover's Guide to Hardy Geraniums, which is just out this spring from Timber Press. Well, it's a, it is a labor of love. Uh, it was a, a great deal of, of uh, 
well, there was a great deal of energy expended in, in writing it and, and moreover uh, growing the plants because I've grown, I think, almost all of the plants that are in the book. And um, so in writing the book, I really got to know the plants um, as well as um, writing about their history and, uh, and how to grow them and so forth. But uh, it, uh, hopefully it's helpful for people. Um, that's the main idea, is that, uh, that there's a reference book. Very importantly, uh, that there's a reference book that deals with conditions in the United States because there are other books on hardy geraniums. Um, there's a very nice one that was written uh, by a lady from Denmark, and um, the English come out with um, books on hardy geraniums uh, from time to time, but they don't deal with our growing conditions. Mm. And so uh, I tried to grow the plants, um, and and because I'm a mail-order business and I hear from my customers um, to give as much information as I can on um, different uh, climate conditions. Well, and it's a wonderful series from Timber Press, which has a very um, nicely restrained kind of parameter in that it is uh, a series that deals with good groups of plants for home gardens across the United States. And it um, Timber Press called on experts who were actually growing these um, and growing quite a few of them. And I think one of the useful aspects of these books, and yours specifically, are the lists um, from growers of these plants in all different situations. So I think you have somebody from Nantucket and you have somebody from Denver. Oh, and, yes. Um, I and have wonderful people. people who grow them in different parts of the country and uh, uh, they're just um, uh, superb plants people, and uh, they were gave very helpful advice. I thought uh, about the various uh, conditions and uh, what to select and and what to avoid, because that's almost as important as to as to knowing what to get is to knowing what is not going to work for you. Right, and there's nice sort of sections on which ones do well in shade and which ones do well in full sun and which ones do well in dry. And um, I find that very, very useful. Were these um, conditions that you were already familiar with or did you have to do some new research for the book? Well, I'm, I, I'm very lucky that I have a wonderful group of customers. And so they tell me when things aren't working. Uh, I hear from everybody about how the plants are doing. And that was incredibly helpful because uh, there's no way that I could know personally how, how all the plants do in various parts of the country. But, for example, I have customers down in the, the southern part of the United States where it's hot and humid in the summer, and I know what will survive. But I also know that people, plant people are just amazingly inventive, and even if it's hot and humid, uh, they are going to work out some way to grow plants that they want to grow. And so they're... They're thinking about um, putting them where uh, they get a good um, flow of air and um, fast-draining soil and, and various other things. So uh, no gardener has ever been stopped by being told <laughs> that they can't grow the plant. And sometimes I think that actually stimulates us to try harder, doesn't it? Yes, I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had, let's say, 
three favorites that you would recommend in a range of sizes and condition enjoyment, what would they be from the hardy geraniums? From the hardy geraniums? Well, I think that, that um, for a plant, uh, small plants, you know, that you would want to put in the garden. Well, let me say, say first of all that geranium sanguinium is an amazing plant. It's tough. It's heat tolerant. It's cold tolerant. And it comes in a number of different shades from very dark, sort of magenta pink uh, through pale pinks to whites. And it also comes in a vast range of sizes. So I've seen it at a, a very unnerving five feet high. And I've also seen it at four inches high. My second choice um, probably uh, would be geranium roseanne. Mm. Just because I believe uh, the patent is owned by uh, Blooms of Bressingham, uh, an English company, but Blooms of North America markets it here. And I've been told that they have sold over 6 million of these plants, which seems absolutely incredible for a hardy geranium, which are plants that, you know, sort of sometimes under the radar. But it is just so successful. It has blue flowers with a white eye, it flowers, at least in California, it will flower from the end of April through whenever the weather gets really cold. Yeah. It's cold tolerant up in the Sierras, so you could grow it up at Lake Tahoe, for example, and you can grow it on the coast. And um, you can grow it in very hot areas down in Southern California if you site it carefully and give it morning sun and afternoon shade. But uh, it's it's a super plant, and uh, it's just um, uh, it's it, it's amazing that we've got such a, a really nice one that that everyone can grow, even if they don't know anything else about hardy geraniums. And that blue is so vibrant. Yes, yeah. and, and you know, blue in the garden, everyone loves blue. It's one of those amazing things. It just it does uh, it does something when you're composing a picture of plants in the garden. The addition of blue. Is, is, it feels right. It gives some sort of balance to the colors, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was astonished. Somebody asked me how many blue the geraniums there were, and I counted them up, and I think I've counted 48 different blue geraniums. So it's not as uncommon as you might imagine. And then the third one, again, it's a very common one, but it's one that is popular and it's easy to grow is geranium cantabrigiense. It's a hybrid between geranium macrorhizum and geranium dalmaticum. It comes from the eastern end of the Mediterranean, and it's drought-tolerant. It's tough. It can be, I think it could even be walked on. Certainly dogs wander through it. And uh, it flowers, again, it flowers mainly in the spring, but it's a uh, evergreen uh, weed smothering uh, ground cover and it comes in uh, white and pink and strong pink and sort of Pepto-Bismol pink if I can say that and um, uh, uh, is just a, a, a terrific super uh, plant for, for a garden. Thank you very much for joining us today Robin Pearer. It has been a, an honor, and I am really enjoying your book. Thank you so much, Jennifer.
We all have favorite plants, perhaps due to our natural attractions to them, or the personal memories they hold for us, or due to their naturally belonging in the places we cultivate. I always enjoy hearing the narratives of other people's favorite plants. Robin Perer is the owner and founder of the specialty mail-order nursery focused on all plants geranium, geraniace.com in Marin County. Her new book, The Plant Lover's Guide to Hardy Geraniums, is out this spring from Timber Press. Join me again next week as the conversations continue with Sherry Althaus and Phil Van Solen of California Flora Nursery near Santa Rosa. California Flora is one of the oldest native plant nurseries in the state, celebrating their 35th year in business. Cultivating Place is a co-production of North State Public Radio and JewelGarden.com. The program is produced by Matt Schiltz. Audio archives for today's program can be found at mynspr.org. Photos and more information are at JewelGarden.com. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.